Yes, a very good morning, everyone. It is Friday, September 23, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, and a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, the public holiday yesterday. Uh, to mourn the Queen's death, of course, and uh, we're ready now ahead of just the biggest weekend, one of the great weekends of the year in sport, isn't it? NRL preliminary final weekend, AFL grand final weekend with the Swans there. Uh, those people travelling to Melbourne, Hopefully all the flights are okay. Yesterday it was mayhem at the airport. Hopefully okay today for all the Swans fans heading south. Golden Rose Day tomorrow. Moyer Stakes tonight at Mooney Valley as well, which uh, is significant considering you've got half the slots for the Everest still to be filled. So the Moyer uh, tonight will certainly have slot holders watching closely. Loza, good morning to you, mate. As good as it gets. Para fans, how are they feeling? Here's their chance 13 years since they made the grand final and they're in Townsville ready for a prelim tonight. Yeah, morning boys, morning everybody. Uh, they'll get a, won't get a better opportunity, the, the Eels. Um, you know, they're coming into this game with plenty of good form behind them. Uh, the Cowboys have got a lot in their favour, but they've had that week off. They've been rested, um, but they've got to travel up there and do it the tough way. But if they play their best football, Parramatta, I believe they can win. Uh, the Cowboys have been understated all season. Many people thought they'd finish in the bottom four rather than the top four of the competition, so they've overachieved already. Look, I've changed my mind many a times about this game tonight. I think the other one is a little bit more clear-cut. You'd find it difficult to see um, you know, many people going and selecting the upset in Penrith in the Rabbitohs game. I think most people think that Penrith will win that game. They're not riding off the Rabbitohs, but they do believe that Penrith can win. But the other game is a bit more 50-50. And as I said, I've chopped and changed all week. Uh, I've settled on a, on a who I think will win, um, but it'll be a tremendous game. And whatever team does win, a thoroughly deserved uh, to be in a grand final because they've been consistent with their football this season. Morning to you, Pup. How was the day off? Morning, boys. Yeah, pretty relaxing, actually. I didn't do much at all, which was nice. But, yeah, going to be a, uh, a great game tonight. I think the hard thing with uh, with Parra is what team's going to turn up. I think if they play their best, best footy, they win by 20 in any conditions. But, uh, man, you just don't know what team's going to turn up. Again, I think Brad Arthur over the last few days has done a stack of media and uh, been under the pump and spoke so well. I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's been handling, um, I guess, the, the criticism over the past month or two months. But, um, yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I, I think Para. I, I just think they're going to be... I think they're going to be pumped. I think their big players, the senior players, are going to handle this pressure you know, like they did last week against the Raiders. A couple of big stories in the last couple of days in both coats, uh, the AFL and the NRL. But uh, Loz, uh, just I think it was on Wednesday, actually, after we were off air, the news that Joseph Swali'i has chosen Samoa for family reasons. So uh, Rang Malmeninga, the Australian coach, to tell him that uh, he's going to play for Samoa at the World Cup. He says one day he hopes to play for Australia. Now, Payne Haas also considered playing for Samoa, according to reports, but he's pulled out altogether. And uh, he's at, at least committed to staying at the Broncos, Payne Haas, after there was some speculation whether he'd want out again after he asked for a release mid-season. But as far as eligibility is concerned, I mean, what is going on here? Uh, I mean, how did this? How did you react to this when you found out about Joseph Swali'i? Oh, look, I'm for everyone playing for who they want to represent, and if they feel passionate about representing Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, or whoever it is, um, I think it's a brave decision for them. You want players that want to pull on the Australian shirt, and you want players to be there um, all the time. And Joe, obviously, with family. From Samoa, um, he was torn between playing for Australia or going and representing um, his family heritage, and he's decided to do that. I know that Mal had been speaking to Joseph for a period of time about his eligibility. Been speaking to Trent Robinson about how he'd fit in if he was to go away on a tour and, and what we could expect from uh, Joseph. Um, so I think Mal was a little bit disappointed in terms of thinking that Joseph was going to commit to the kangaroos rather than Samoa. But I think Mal, like all of us, if that's what you want to do, then and that's where your heart is, that's who you're going to go and play for. So there's no worries there. 
Um, but in terms of its eligibility, I think I've said on this program before, we certainly need to look at it. We've got to look at the way we look uh, select origin teams as well. Yeah. Um, and I think this will come to the fore early next year because I don't think we get to the stage where, you know, a couple of weeks out from a World Cup, you have players that are still identifying um, or not identifying what countries they want to play for because they're eligible to play for two or three different countries. So it's hard when you're picking a side if people are arming and arming about what they want to do and you select them in one side and then they ring and say, well, no, hang on, I want to go and play for another country. So it's, it's a little bit difficult in that respect. The conspiracy theory has been that Joseph Swali, he wanted to play for Samoa so he can show his wares at fullback in particular. Now, uh, the Samoan coach, Matt Parrish, I note he is... Uh, said that he's never spoken to him about what position he's going to play, but uh, that is a theory that some have had. Uh, yeah, well, Matt's a mate of mine, and I'll take Matt on his word. I haven't spoken to Matt um, for a couple of weeks, but I-, I would assume, and I'd believe, Matt, that he wouldn't have spoken to him about what position he'd be playing. He'd be just trying to get him to be a part of his squad, um, and that's a big get for the Samoan team. When you look at the Samoan team on paper, uh, it's very good. Oh, looks great. It's very good. And, you know, not only uh, would have Matt been ringing Joseph, other players that have committed to Samoa would have been ringing him as well. So he was torn, um, but good on him. I mean, at the end of the day, if that's who he wants to represent, um, it, it'll make it uh, make it for a, a good tournament, World Cup. You know, most World Cups in rugby league, you just assume Australia are going to win and they're going to play either England or New Zealand in a final. That may not be the case this year. Australia will have to work really hard uh, to qualify for the for the final, and who knows who, who they'll be playing if they if they reach the final. But there's a possibility that the favourites, Australia, could get knocked out along the way. Now, in the AFL, uh, Grand Final Week has been tarnished by this disturbing story. Coming out of Hawthorne, we've got Shane Crawford, of course, Brownlow medalist, Hawthorne Premiership player, on after 8 o'clock this morning. And now it's been revealed by ABC journalist Russell Jackson that an external review that was commissioned by the club into how First Nations players were treated, well, it's ended up resulting in Alastair Clarkson, of course, four-time Premiership coach there at Hawthorne, who's just signed a five-year deal to coach North Melbourne, it's resulted in him and also Chris Fagan, the Brisbane Lions coach, who was assistant to Clarkson at North Melbourne. They've both stood down pending now an independent investigation ordered by the AFL. Now, both Clarkson and Fagan have strongly refuted the allegations that have come out in this story uh, from Russell Jackson. Now, I'm just going to read to you direct quotes from one of the Hawthorne players. They were given pseudonyms, so they weren't given uh, their real names weren't given in the article. But this is an indication, this is the direct quote of what one of the Indigenous Hawthorne players or ex-players has said they were subjected to at Hawthorne. Um, Clarkson just leaned over me and demanded that I needed to get rid of my unborn child and my partner. I was then manipulated and convinced to remove my SIM card from my phone so there was no further contact between my family and me. They told me I'd be living with one of the other coaches from that night onwards. He told me to kill my unborn kid. That's the end of that direct... That's a direct quote from the article from ABC journalist Russell Jackson. Now, of course, with the independent investigation, now Clarkson and Fagan get to tell their side of the story and that it's going to be obviously oh so important loss because if any of these allegations are proven at all in the investigation you can't see them having any involvement in football again and nor should they it's very confronting it's yeah, very and, disturbed and the other side middle as well if they're proven not to be true then someone's getting sued here for exactly defamation. Oh, no, you're spot on there I mean, you know, the grounds like, for defamation are oh, huge, if not true. That, this is, it's horrible. Mm. Absolutely horrible. Sorry, Loz, to interrupt. No, no, no you're right. But, and, and as I was, you know, as Clarkie mentioned, like, there's two sides to the story as well. So you've mm. got to give them due process and yep. listen uh, to their side of the story. But what a it's very, oh, very oh, confronting when you hear mate. what is allegedly, allegedly happened because you can only imagine the trauma that those players went through. So... I, I just can't believe that that would happen. 
But then again, why would people make these type of accusations? Yeah. Oh. So, and but I, I'm all for due process, and I'm all for both sides uh, being able to to you know give their side of the story, story so to speak, and and see what happened and where this leads to. I don't know. I know they're calling for a independent review of all AFL clubs and their treatment towards Indigenous players. Um, but, yeah, it was very disturbing when I read it uh, on Wednesday. Um, but Chris Fagan and um, Alistair Clarkson are two very uh, fine coaches with impeccable records, and they'd have a lot of people that would support them as well. So, look, I don't know where it goes to from here, but they're putting a panel together to... Um, try and get to the bottom of it and see what has actually occurred. Uh, this won't go away. This will be a big story. It's a massive oh. story in AFL Grand Final Week, and yeah. it's only going to get be- bigger uh, once the Grand Final is over. Yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was reading there the oh. other day. Unbelievable, but uh, yeah, and that could drag on for months as well. So the ramifications, particularly for North Melbourne and, and the Brisbane Lions, could be significant. But uh, they're going to get to the bottom of what happened there at Hawthorne, in particular. Uh, now, just some results last night: the Socceroos beat New Zealand one nil at Suncorp Stadium in that friendly, and uh, Arwa Mobile scored a first half goal. It's a cracking goal as well. But uh, we'll speak to Mossy later this morning and get his rundown on what occurred there last night at Suncorp. They go and play at Eden Park on Sunday in the return friendly. Uh, now, the Opals, Lauren Jackson made a return there to competitive basketball, but uh, the Opals just run down there in the second half. In fact, uh, well, they trailed by five heading into the final quarter and ended up losing 70-57. to 57 to France in their World Cup opener. The lead changed seven times in the first half, so it was uh, the second half where it went wrong for them. Uh, Lauren Jackson only played the 10 minutes and scored three points. So uh, Sandy Brondello, certainly the coach there, erring on the side of caution with her 41-year-old Lauren Jackson. Uh, Now the President's Cup's on, the golf. And it's been, uh, well, I'll just update this leaderboard, but it wasn't a, a great start from the international team in the opening day foursome. So that's an alternate shot. In fact, uh, they're trailing in all five matches at the moment. Adam Scott is with Hideki Matsuyama. And they are, well, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley are five up through 12 holes in that match. And Cam Davis, great to see him playing with Siwoo Kim and uh, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, their opponents. Scheffler and Burns, two up through 10 but uh, trailing in all five foursomes matches this morning at the international team against the U.S. at Quail Hollow in Charlotte is the President's Cup. We've got the Bledders low on tomorrow as well. Dave Rennie's made just the two changes to the starting 15. Plenty of para up front and back page of the telly today ahead of the match against the Cowboys tonight. Why I grew up hating RCG. Powerlaw's junior battle with Eels teammate Regan Campbell-Gillard, a story from Dean Bulldog Richie in the paper today. So that's the front page. They were great rivals. Uh, through, well, they were the same age, I think 29. So they came through the juniors playing against each other a lot. Junior Powell and Regan Campbell-Gillard, and they will be setting the tone and need to for the Eels tonight. And on the back page of the telly, Comeback Cardi has energy to burn. Hot and run mission is the headline there. So uh, late change to the Eels side. Tom Apachich ruled out through injury. So Bailey Simonson's been named in the centres. Bryce Cartwright comes onto the bench. Perhaps Wonga Blake might move into the centres there as well. Lost. I'd say if they go that way with Bailey... Um, he'd, he'd play on the wing and mm. he'd go into the centres, um, Wonga Blake. But whichever way they go, it'll all be about the middle. It'll all be about how Parramatta start and hold on to the football, but also play their football, their brand of football. Um, their big boys are going to be feeling tired at some point in time, but you feel more fatigued when you have to defend. When you've got the ball, you don't feel as tired you feel like you've got all the energy. But when you start to defend, if you're defending back-to-back sets of six and it's humid, look out. You become tired very quickly. Uh, Also on the back page of the Tilly, Kikau's love for family. So uh, he's getting ready to play his final game for the Panthers before he heads to the Dogs, of course. They'll be hoping that'll be next week and not tomorrow night against the Bunnies. 
Uh, also back page of the uh, Sydney Morning Herald on that game tomorrow night. Cleary denies claims his block band is reforming is the headline there. So uh, once again, the issue of illegal blocking to protect Nathan Cleary while kicking has come up. Uh, and Ivan Cleary said yesterday, it sounds like Groundhog Day, noting that uh, Souths had complaints last year when Wayne Bennett was coach. So every club does this. Oh, there's no Every doubt. Try to put as this. much pressure on the referee <laughs> as they possibly can. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Ashley Klein referees it because to the letter of the law, they do block. They, you can hold your position, but once you move from that position and interfere, it's a bit like escorting when a kick goes mm. up. Which every club attacking, does. They all do it. Mm. You can penalise every kick, basically. Attacking kick, I reckon, yep. because someone changes their line. Now... Last year, Penrith did do it, and this year they have been doing it. So what, are they going to just crack down on it on Saturday night? In a pre-league. Or are they going to let it go? Ashley might. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley does a lot of things that you, you're never surprised with. So, look, I, I don't know what they do, but when you look at it closely, they do it. So South Sea, they do it themselves if they're not going to penalise. Or that what will happen is that soon as one of the Penrith players leaves their line or moves, one of the South Sydney players will run into him and call for a penalty. You can just see it happening now. And then you'll probably see Klein penalise it. And then what do you do? You open it up then for the rest of the game. So I I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest with you. We'll see how it plays out. But I'll guarantee you, a South player will run in to a Penrith player. Dollar one. Dollar one. Yeah, and how the referee reacts with that. It'll happen early. Um, Skills to pay the bills also back paid to the Herald at the start of the season. Uh, Many questioning the wisdom of Jason Tamalolo's 10-year, $10 million Cowboys deal. We spoke about it earlier this week. uh, This is something that hasn't been spoken about pretty much since the start of the season when it appeared that uh, Peyton and Tamalolo were on different pages. And now look at it. His best performance was in semi-final against the Sharks. He was outstanding. Uh, got stronger as the game went on, and they'll need a bit another big game from Tiamalolo, uh against Parramatta. That's the thing I found with a big man like Jason. The longer the game goes, the better that he gets. And I know that Todd wanted to prolong his career and was only limiting his minutes last year, but his minutes have gone up this season, and so is his performance. Because I think he's one of those players. He Once he gets his second win... Wind, he's ready to go and can last a lot longer than most others. You know, you see forwards hit the wall, but with Jason, he just gets stronger and stronger. He's got that footwork and speed and, you know, coming at a tiring defender and if they've gone sideways off their line and they're not square and he cuts back with his step and he gets an arm tackle, he can break that tackle so easily. Uh, The Swans everywhere in the papers today. Front page of the Herald, Swans up, up and away as they'll farewell by fans as they headed to Melbourne yesterday to play Geelong, of course, tomorrow. Back page of the telly, Swan Springer surprise. Uh, back page of the Herald, Swans to take chance on Reed in grand final. Back page of the Australian, Reed firms to play as McDonald drops. So the team news uh, with the AFL-GF, uh, Logan McDonald, the young forward, dropped. So Hayden McLean, he comes in, and he hasn't played in the seniors since round eight. Sam Reed has been named on the half-forward line, as has uh, Cats gun Max Holmes as well. He's been their injury concern, battling a hamstring issue. And Paul Kelly, or Cameron Ling, will present the Premiership Cup to the winning side. Let's hope it's the great Paul Kelly. Lots who uh, I last saw having a bit of a boogie with you that the William Farrer, uh, the night of the Wagga Cup. Yeah, great man, Kel. He's uh, been a wonderful um, leader for the Swans, wasn't he? He was a wonderful leader, just so tough and hard, and it'd be great to see uh, Kel present that cup. And the Sydney Swans, they've got a tough game, though, taking on Geelong. They've been the standout all season. They've got a, st- uh, you know, a squad that's... It's very, very um, heavily, heavily um, backed with a lot of experience. You know, you, you look at some of their players compared to what the Swans are going to put out there on 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 Saturday, and they had this group of players together, the core group of players together for a, a period of time. Now, it seems like it's destiny for them because they haven't worried about going down the track of a rebuild. They've just sort of just kept topping up their playing list, trying to look for that premiership 
looking for Chris Scott's first premiership, and they've got some standout players when you look at it. You know, through the middle with Selwood and uh, Dangerfield, two of the elite and legends of the game. You've got a, a great forward line there in Jeremy Cameron uh, and Tommy Hawkins. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a tough ask for Sydney Swans, but let's hope they can get the job done. It'll be a great performance from them if they can go down there to Melbourne in front of 100,000 people at the MCG and win the trophy. Give us a call, 13.53.53, Parafans. How are you feeling? What a chance tonight to go through the big one next week. Uh, deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking. Grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworth stores. Remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, ask for Garlo's Pies by name. Garlo's Pies, they're thin on pastry. They're big on meat. Well, welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. What about tomorrow? You can just stock the fridge about lunchtime. Sit there, fill the, the account on the tab app. Sit there at what? Midday. Build up to the AFL-GF. Just switching between the races. AFL-GF. Golden Rose, Bledisloe, Penrith Souths. Don't have to move. Well, you can start earlier than that because you've got the golf. Oh, the President's You want to, you want you to start stay with the President's Cup? Well, you start with the golf oh. and then go through to the um, Melbourne uh, AFL. And then you've got the races. You've got uh, the Bledisloe into the Penrith versus Souths game. You've got – what else have you got on? You've got basketball. No, yeah, the World Cup. World Cup basketball. Mm. Then on Sunday, the Socceroos play a game, don't they? Uh, yes, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday lunchtime, basically. Sunday lunchtime. Yeah. There you go. No, it's a big weekend of footy. <sighs> big weekend of sport, I should say. Mm. Um, but you know what, Mido? The winner will be you, the consumer. You can sit at home. You can do whatever you want. You can sit in front of that television. You don't have to move. All you need to move is to the fridge or the, to, to the toilet or to bed. <laughs> There's three options for you. <laughs> I already know two people I've spoken to in the last 24 hours that have said to the wife, look, um, look, just... Go away for the week. weekend. Oh, in fact, one of them happens to be our fearless producer. <laughs> He's just said, look, 9am Saturday, I'll see you Sunday night. It's not That's a bad it. option. It's a good play. You, How'd that you just... go for you, Bulba? <laughs> I, I don't think it went that easy for him. But that's, uh, that's basically it. Another bloke uh, said to me, look... Well, oh, honesty's look, the best policy. And on Saturday... Hey, the wife might be just as keen. Don't worry about that. Yeah, well, she might. But there's kids involved that need to be looked after. Yeah. That's the problem. Nah, the youngsters will sit down. They'll be right. <laughs> Let them help themselves to the pantry or the fridge. Yeah. There's not many more options on a Saturday. And if the weather is going to be rainy up yeah, here... Yeah, good call, Oz. ...or in New South Wales, you're just better off to stay at home. It's a cheaper day at home. Just go and stock up early and... Mm. You've got no regrets then. You can just sit in front of the couch all day. Shove shit in front of the telly all day on the couch and just hoe in. Oh, yeah. I'm going to my first AFL Grand Final. You've told me that. Mm. You've told me that. When are you flying down, Mitter? This afternoon. Oh, Provided good. touch wood. Provided, you know. Did you see the airport yesterday? Yeah. Oh. Circus. Yeah, we don't want that. I didn't you think the weather was that bad, was it? I get excited. It didn't look that bad. It seems like it doesn't take much to cancel a flight no. at the moment. You keen on the Swans? Uh, oh, look, I'm I know you're going to. I know you're going to support the Swannies, and you, you you've had a bet on them. But I mean, yeah. you, you think they can get over the top? Oh, of absolutely, they can win. Geelong are deserved favourites. Geelong have won fifteen in a row. The Swans nine in a row. They're Ooh. flying. Oh, I'm worried about the Sam Reid situation. He's been so good, so good. It's in supposed the last, to be raining season. down there in Melbourne. Well, too, it's isn't it? fifteen degrees. So if tomorrow. it's if it's wet and slippery, <laughs> all right. Who does that favour oh, in your the mind? Swans. Swans? Yeah, probably the Swans. Right. So we need a little bit of rain, a bit of moisture. But, yeah, they're going to be hard to beat Geelong. Really hard to beat. It's going to be just a cracking game. Yeah, this uh, one's got something about it, hasn't it? You feel like mm, this is going to be a close game. Yeah. Some grand finals can be blowouts. This one looks as though both teams both teams will be highly competitive. They won't get away from each other, and it'll come down to who wants it the most, mm. obviously. Going to be a cracker. Now, I'll tell you what else we need. Winners. Winners. And, uh, we've got, got some t- for you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, the Tab Million Dollar Chase is on yeah. tomorrow night. By the way, with the Million Dollar Chase, and we're going to speak to Joe Comito, who has Hold Me Up 
which will jump from box six. He's coming up just before the 7.30 news this morning. But what about every person who buys a ticket to go to Wentworth Park tomorrow night is in the draw to win a million dollars? You've obviously got to be there, by the way. It's not a matter of just buying a ticket and hoping for the best. You've got to be there. Buy a ticket, go to Wentworth Park, win a million bucks. Or at least be into the draw to win a million bucks. Really? Unreal. Jeez, how good is that, Mido? Uh, but the Sticky Wings multi. That's what we need. A winner via Lorenzo. All right, this is what we're going to do. You ready for it? We're going to Ramwick. Race five, number 16, fine point to finish top three. Then we're going to have to wait to the last. The lucky last, race 10, number three. A very fine red, which you'll be sipping on tomorrow night, Mido, to run top four. All right, so we've got a top three, top four. And if you want to be a part of the Sticky Wings BSB multi, you can, and that is paying $5.50. Five fifty. Five fifty. Five fifty. There you go. $5.50 on the tab thoughts? app. Early thoughts? The tab website. I've had a couple of bets already for tomorrow, not in those races. I'm actually giving a couple of Chris Waller runners last chance saloon because I've lost a bit of a stack on them. Right. Espiona in the Golden Pendant. <laughs> I knew I'd get that reaction. <laughs> and Hammeron, which was just, you know, it wasn't the... It was oh, favourite. Oh, actually, I don't, I, you know what? I don't mind stuff. Hammeron. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's drawn wide, but don't think that might yeah. be necessarily bad for it. So, um, yeah, in race three, I think. But sure. tonight at the Valley Laws as well, I mean, this is a, an interesting race. I mean, you're looking, I'm just looking at the Everest market here. You've got Paul Elliott, $17. I mean, if it wins well tonight and it's favourite to win the Amoyer at the Valley tonight, it would, mm. you'd, you'd imagine it would be in, you know, maybe around the $11, mark even. A lot of people are very bullish on Paul Lilly. Yeah, so I'm, all over, I'm all over Paul Lilly tonight. I think it wins tonight. Pretty good field, though. Rothfire's another one to keep an eye on. It's a $26 chance for the Everest uh, running tonight. Uh, and also for tomorrow, the best back runner on the card at Rose Hill is actually Best of Bordeaux and the Heritage. So interesting, Coolmore have decided to well, pretty much go the same path that Home Affairs went last year. Didn't go Golden Rose. Goes to the Heritage. Uh, and it won that last year. And then it ended up in the Everest. And of course, ran really well and then went and won the Coolmore. So they're setting Best of Bordeaux up particularly for the Coolmore up the straight there at Flemington mm. on Derby Day, but going to the Heritage tomorrow and not the Golden Rose. It's the best back runner on the card tomorrow. Well, that might be telling us something there, Mido. Jump in early now because it might shorten between now mm. and tomorrow. But I, look, I, the thing about racing at the moment isn't that all the good horses are back. You can get a decent price if you like a horse. Don't let anything stop you backing anything. Just get on. Get, just get just on. Get on. Says Loz. So the multi's open, courtesy of Sticky Wings. <laughs> no name on this one, but grow a set daily. <laughs> Five fifty. What? So, it's a great price. That's a good price. Nah, it's, un- it's unlike you though, Loz. Five fifty. It's unlike you. But top yeah. three, top four. Top three. I guarantee you, it will be yeah. very popular. I'll open the system shortly and mm. I'll check the hold for you, Loz. But usually, yeah. I find when our a little our, soft, when our multis are right at six to eight dollar mark. Now, whoever sent that in, five fifty, grow a set daily. Send me in your multi for tomorrow, please. <laughs> I'll judge mine on yours. <laughs> so come on, grow a set. Send one in. Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two on the text line thirteen fifty three fifty three on the open line. Um, what else have we got here on the text line? Someone said in there uh, midday start. Middle, I'll be, I'll be opening the batting around nine thirty. Mm. Says Dan. What's an acceptable time to have your first beer on what grand final morning? Nah, and play on oh, when you, as soon as you wake up breakfast. See, there, there's some days you can like Anzac Day. It's acceptable to have an early start. Christmas Day's a an early, early start. start mm. Definitely. What are the other days? Birthday, any time. Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah. Grand final day, any time. Grand, grand final day's another Mate, one, isn't yeah. it? It's all about the prep, definitely. Yeah. You can crack one at nine for sure. Boxing Just, day test match. 
Yes. Absolutely. Especially if you win the toss and bat. How many days you reckon during the year is acceptable uh, here in Australia? You, I, reckon, I know every day starting with a T. Bad day at work for <laughs> us. You can start at 9.30 as well. If you, get, if you get smashed by buzz on radio, you can start at 9.30. Well, I'll tell you what. On that note, with footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments, whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you. Unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furfy. Grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Uh, now... The Stanmore Stinker says home affairs, home affairs ran 11th in the Everest, didn't it? Mid-O. It ran 9th, uh, beaten five lengths by Nature Strip. By no means was a bad run, but then it came and brained them. One by three lengths in the Coolmore at double-figure odds as well. Now, Laws, you've been uh, thinking hard in that commercial well, I, I, break. Well, I thought hard in the commercial break, Mido, and I don't want to turn this into a, um, a segment about drinking alcohol, uh, but I just want to touch <laughs> on it. But... If it's a normal Tuesday or Wednesday and someone's having a beer at 6, you'd, we probably are judgmental, aren't we? 6 a.m.? Yeah, we walk past and go, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing, mate? Like, it's mm. 6 o'clock on a regular Tuesday mm. morning. Yes. But if it's Christmas Day, everything's okay? Well, 6 a.m.'s a bit yep. early, though, isn't it? Oh, no, no. no. 6 a.m.? Yeah. On Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah Christmas Day, that's accept- acceptable. Anzac Day is acceptable. Yep. If you've got no kids, still acceptable. 6 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Boxing Day is acceptable. Yeah, um, I'm, not sure I'm just trying to think time. of days that people look and go, that's okay. I don't think 6 a.m. is acceptable, unless you're getting in. Well, if you're just getting home, you can crack one before you go to bed. Well, but if you're starting mm. your day, I don't think 6 a.m. is acceptable for a Yeah, you can for go for an early sleep. You're going to go for an early sleep. Because you're out by 2 p.m. Yeah. I reckon any time you go to the international airport. Oh, yeah, that's... that's yes, for sure. That's okay. Given. That's a given. Yep, that's yep. a given. Or on a plane. Anytime yep. you're on a plane, you deserve to have one. Uh, yeah. I don't hey, know about... Before you take off, definitely. Mm, yeah, I, I can understand why. But I, I, I just think, mate, international airport, if you're there, you know... Doesn't matter what time of the day it is, it's acceptable to have a drink. Yeah, on a plane because it's it's midday somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Ernie from Harvey Bay says anytime yeah. you're getting on a flight or boat, boats as well. Oh, boat. Oh, yeah, yeah boat. I like that. Come I like on. those rules. Boat. Yeah. Um, there's not many other days, is there? Nah, well, I can think of. I, think, I reckon we we make up more than most other countries. I dare say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We find more excuses than most. <laughs> as long as you convince yourself it's okay. That's you're moderation, right. Loz. All that's in moderation. Exactly right. That's exactly right. But if anyone's got another day out there for me, please let me know. I can add it to my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have a calendar at home? Like a physical calendar? Uh, Is it on the wall? On the fridge? No. You know what? Uh, no, we, we we haven't. You do, Clarky. I'm staring at haven't. mine right now. My diary. Yeah, I've my got, diary. Yeah. But but you know that you, you had the calendar, calendar on the wall. On the wall. No. Yeah, I can't remember ever having that. Flip it up when the month changed. And you'd write whatever yep. on there. Yep. Doctor's appointment. Yeah, all that. All that type of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that went out years ago, Mita. Yeah. Okay. Just check. I think. I'm diary. Well, I think my mum's still got one. Mm. Yeah, my mum has. Yeah, that's see. <laughs> uh, we've got Doug on the line. G'day, Doug. Hi, good day, boys and Loz. Um, wanted to promote a big game on Sunday, fellas. The New South Wales Physical Disability Rugby League Grand Finals on at Cabramatta at uh, 11.30 on uh, Sunday and third and fourth um, before that. Oh, awesome. Um, just, yeah, just wanted to promote. It's a great um, great sport. We have amputees, all cerebral palsy, all sorts of people in the community playing. And Loz, um, it's the grand final, South Sydney versus the Roosters. We're not ex- expecting as many sin bins as the other week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. And uh, third and fourth is the uh, Newtown Jets and um, South Sydney. So, um, you know, we have, uh, sorry, uh, you know, Jets and the West Tigers. So we have yeah. four teams in the comp. Yep. Um, we're trying to get more awareness of, of the sport itself for next year. And um, we're actually going to the World Cup, uh, boys. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I'll tell you what we can do then, Ducky. Why don't you ring yeah. in next week on Monday? Yeah. I will. Well, we'll ring you, and we can discuss the weekend's games. We'll, we'll do that, and uh, anyone out there, if you're free on Sunday from 10.30, the first game, come out and have a look. As we said, we're playing news. We've picked the team of Queensland guys, and we're going to play New Zealand, Wales, 
and England over in Warrington, uh, leaving in about um, three weeks. So oh, well, how good. Oh, how good. So how many do you take away, Doug? Uh, there's uh, 20 players. There was 11 from New South Wales and the Titans. It's a new team up in um, Queensland. They have nine. Yep. Um, yeah, so it should be great. I think there's 25 in the touring group. All so oh, right. And how long have you been associated with it, mate? Oh, I've been refereeing there now uh, four or five years, mate. And um, Can I ask how you got involved? Yeah, just through when I was at New South Wales Rugby League working and we um, got involved and um, I'm a bit older these days and I'm still refereeing. Um, and if you've seen me run, you'd know why I'm <laughs> with them. Um, but Tony De La Harris, you know the... Ex- yes, ex-referee, yeah, Tony, yeah. Yeah, Tony's uh, volunteered. He's doing the grand final with Keith Pover, who's on the board and from England. So, yeah, no, we're looking forward to uh, a great uh, couple of games on Sunday morning at the uh, Cabramatta League Club. Doug, I believe Adam Hills, he's in the squad, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, Adam's in, mate. He came over earlier in the year and played uh, two or three games in between, you know, the filming and, and there's a documentary coming out. It Didn't Warrington get behind him or something or did something with him? Yeah. Is that yeah, there in England? Uh, yep. He's um, uh, a very good player, very uh, tough. He's 46 years of age, if I remember. And, uh, yeah, he's in the team. So uh, <laughs> it should, be, should, should go really well. Uh, Doug, I've had an old friend of mine, Tom Healy, contact me, and we're going to speak to a couple of the players, and uh, hopefully the yeah. coach as well, Brendan Pellegrino, heading towards the World Cup. Yeah, um, Tom uh, is on the board as well, does a lot of work, as does uh, Paul Turbity, he used to be on the Vocal League um, Foundation board as well, and Canala. so yeah, we've got some really good people behind it, um, doing some great stuff for the community. Oh, great stuff, Doug. Thanks for ringing in, and uh, yeah, we will check in, uh, yeah, particularly check ahead of the World Cup. Guys. No, Thank good stuff. Much. Thanks, no, Doug. Appreciate the call, mate. Uh, we've got Joe. G'day, Joe. G'day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. What do you mate, want to talk about? I've been watching league for 60 years, and I've seen some fantastic players that can do so much. But this bloke, Latrell Mitchell, he just thinks he's a be-all and end-all. The way he puffs his chest out, and that, that's, that sickens me. I know he's a good player. He doesn't have to carry on the way he does. It's absolutely sickening. When they play Penrith on the weekend, they will sort him out. Let's see how good he puffs his chest out there. It's absolutely terrible. As soon as something goes wrong for him, he gets nasty, he gets the dirty looks on his face and everything. And when he does something, usually on the back of the help of all of his mates, he's the one walking around puffing his chest and strutting around. Oh, he, should be, he should be pulled in the line. This is not right. Well, we'll see how he goes this weekend, uh, Joe. I think that a lot of people uh, would disagree with that. I, I think that Latrell's a very, very special player. Um, uh, some of the touches that he has, no other player can do. Um, I granted that he would polarise people. Uh, I think that you either like Latrell uh, or you don't if you're an opposition uh, supporter. But he gets a great opportunity to step up on the big stage on Saturday night because no one's giving him or his team a big chance of winning the game. I think people think in the back of their mind they're capable if they produce their best and Penrith are off a touch. But if Latrell pulls out one of his best ever games, there's no doubt in the world that South Sydney can win, in my opinion. But he'll need a bit of help from others as well. But he is a personality player. And and all those personality players, they polarise. You either like them, love them, or hate them. And But for me, Latrell, when I watch him play, there's not many other people in the game that can do what he does. Thanks for the call, Joe. Morning, Helen. Good morning, boys. Um, I just wanted to give my thoughts on the two teams that are left. Um, I think that Parramatta will not be there next weekend. Um, I just think that the Cowboys, that it's been really quiet media-wise for the Cowboys and this is like 2009 with Parramatta. Parramatta we've talked up all week leading into it and then we all know the result of that year. And I think Souths will actually get over Penrith. Um, and mm. I agree, Latrell is very polarising, but if you sit down and listen to him talk as a person and forget the player, he's a very intelligent young man and, look, he does polarise people, but he is a brilliant football player. He's only 23 or 24, yeah. um, and people forget that how young he is and what he does out on the field. But the player that I admire for South is Cookie. He's amazing. He's an amazing player to watch. He's one of the nicest guys off-field, and he just goes out and does his job. So my tip for the grand final is Cowboys and Bunnies. 
Cowboys South there, that would be a bit of a turn up to say the least. Yeah, there wouldn't be too many people yeah. expecting that, but I know Helen knows the football. And you're right in everything you say about Cookie, Helen. He is a champion fella. And we're lucky enough to have him on our program every week. And nothing phases Cookie, and he'll be ready for a big game this weekend. Thanks for the call, Helen. I've got to get to the news. Just on the Cowboys South, by the way, that Quinella, after the Cowboys lost in round five to the Warriors, the North Queensland South's Quinella was $401. And at the same time, the North Queensland Penrith grand final Quinella with Tab was 126 so Helen's tipping North Queensland South, which got to a high price of $401. <laughs> How good are our listeners' loss on the text line here? Days is They can find a day. <laughs> it's acceptable <laughs> to have your first beer nice and early. Uh, just uh, This is a scoreboard update, isn't it? So the Socceroos beat New Zealand 1-0 last night. Uh, Awa Mobile with the goal. And uh, that was in the first half. A pretty scrappy performance. We'll speak to Phil Moss about it. Later this morning, uh, in the uh, World Cup, the Women's World Cup in basketball, the Opals were beaten by France 70-57 to in their opener. And uh, the French just pulled away there in the second half. Lauren Jackson, just the three points from 10 minutes court time as the 41-year-old made her return. And in the President's Cup, the golf this morning, and already the USA have one point on the board and uh, this is the opening day foursome. So this is alternate shot. And, uh, well, Scott and Matsuyama of the internationals, Adam Scott and Hideki, have been smashed six and five. They've been beaten by Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. And, uh, well, in the other matches, the US, uh, well, they're only one up in three matches. And uh, two up through 13 in the match between Scotty, Bur- uh, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns up against Aussie Cam Davis and also Sibu Kim. So the Americans, there two up through 13. Yeah, Grower Set's got back to me now. I'm going to call him Grower Set now because he just told me to Grower Set. He wasn't happy with my multi, but this is what I love, Grower Set. You've put him on the line. What's so Grower Set is going with Eels to win <laughs> into Mayrose to win. Uh, what race is Mayrose? Uh, that'd be a highway... No, not no, a highway, no. midway. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'll find it. Um, uh, okay. And para, what do you say? Para, para to win. win. Love it, grower set. That's what I look for in leadership. Someone to put them on the line, and you've done that this morning. Well done. Tell you what else we look for is your multi, by the way, Loz. Yes, this is what we're oh, yeah, Mayrose is race two, the midway, as you midway. said. Race two, number three, Mayrose. Audio. Hey, so, Johnny Sargent's horse. So okay, go for the it. Sticky Wings BSB Multi, race five, number 16. This is at Ramwick tomorrow. Race five, number 16, fine point to finish top three. Into Ramwick, race 10, number three, a very fine red, top four finish. And if you want to be a part of that Sticky Wings BSB Multi, that's paying $5.50. On the tab app, the tab website, just click on Sport and Today's Offers. Now, just at the moment, just having a look at the website, I think it's doing its reboot. So uh, if you can't get on right now, you'll be able to get on within the next several minutes. So don't be too worried about that. But uh, coming up over uh, the weekend as well, Clark, you've got the second T20 tonight as well. Yeah, we do. Australia and India. Uh, One up Australia after their outstanding performance with the bat the other day, chasing down more than 200. Yeah, big game. Big game for India. Uh, Three-match series, so they've got to win this one. Um, And Aussies, interesting to see if they play same team, make some changes. The other thing I heard, which I wasn't aware of, even though the World Cup squads have been picked, you've still got time to take players out and put players in. So I'm just interested to see what Australia does with Cameron Green, for example, or even Tim David getting an opportunity in that first one day. Are they thinking, is there a possibility for someone to come out and put one of those boys in? Um, you know, I think Finchie needs some runs. You know, I think he's got these two 2020s to try and get back into form and uh, be ready to, you know, to captain this Australian team to hopefully a World Cup victory, uh, which is just around the corner. But... Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think I think you know Finchie really needs to to step up. Davey Warner's not over there, so he's not involved. He's not playing, which has given Cameron Green a, a chance at the top of the order. Uh, also uh, later, I think it's tonight actually. Roger Federer 
will play his last ever match at the Labor Cup. And he's going to team up. How good is this? He's going to team up with Rafael Nadal in doubles at that Labor Cup. So his last competitive match in earnest will be with one of his great rivals of all time in Rafael Nadal. So that's coming up, I believe, later tonight. Brad, good morning to you. Good morning, boys. How are we? Really well, thank you, for a Friday morning heading into an unbelievable weekend of sport. But uh, last night, the Opals made their, uh, well, started their World Cup campaign with a defeat to France. Now, the lead changed seven times in the first half, but uh, the second half went against them. How did you see it? Yeah, look, it was a great game, uh, great atmosphere. I was out there, I was watching it. The girls looked pumped and uh, it was difficult for him. You could see they were running on adrenaline there at the start and they played really well. Lauren Jackson stepped in the court, crowd went nuts. She hit a big three. Beck Allen was playing well. But look, France were just too good in the end and, and you could just see they seemed to run out of adrenaline to the Aussies. Um, it was a big game. Uh, they're certainly not out of it, but that was a big hit to take against France in that first game. Brad, who did who did stand out for the Opals? I know we didn't win, but are there, were there some players there where you go, you know what, it's going to come good, just give them time? Yeah, look, I loved Beck Allen. I thought Beck Allen was yeah. outstanding. Um, I thought she was, you know, did everything she needed. I guess there's... Um, the one, the one who I know is a lot better than the way she played last night is Ezzy Magbador. Um, she's a fantastic player. Just shots didn't drop for her last night. Um, the, the second efforts just weren't there for her. So I think we'll see her have a much better game tonight. And I'd love to see Sammy Whitcomb. Difficult. She's a fantastic shooter. She just did, was unable to shoot last night. But Beck Allen was definitely the pick, Clarky. Definitely. Okay. How did she look, Lauren, mate? Look, she looked great. I thought for the first time she stepped on, it was, uh, you know, it's a huge step up from what she had been playing. You've got to remember she'd retired. She was then playing the NBL one, which is one below the WNBL. And now she's gone to a World Cup. So you could see it was like, oh, these girls are a lot quicker than what I'd been playing with for a little bit. But then she stepped into the Lauren Jackson, the smart mode, the I've got a, I hit a three. I use my body well, but she did only play about 10 or 11 minutes. So it wasn't a lot. Um, I could see what Coach was doing by holding her back and let her play the last four or five minutes just to bring that experience home. But uh, they've got some soul-searching to do. They'll, they'll play Marley tonight, and, and they'll punish them. There's no issues there. They'll win that one nice and easily. But they've got some tough games coming up. Tell us, Brad, the significance, I guess, of this tournament for the Opals, considering the need to move on from uh, the Liz Cambage era. Well, that's what it was, wasn't it? You look at the uh, Tokyo and, and, it, and it was a disaster. You speak to anyone as part of that organisation and it was like, what did we do? This is ridiculous. So that's one of the huge reasons why you bring the GOAT back in Lauren Jackson. They're coming out now. You could see that they were a team. They were loving the, you know, everyone was part of what it was doing. So it's about stamping their, you know, their, their authority again. I mean, this team been winning medals for the last 20, 25 years and, and they know that that's what they want to get back up to. Now, the uh, Americans beat Belgium by 15 points. Uh, can you see any sort of level of vulnerability there? I guess they're, they're uh, such driven by emotion, considering uh, Brittany Griner, of course, is in a Russian jail. No doubt they'll be highly motivated to, to get the gold for her. You know, they didn't get out of first gear. They were unbelievable. They looked great yesterday. And a couple of their players didn't even play because they won the WNBA championship and then they had a uh, street fair in America. So they've only just got here. So they they will cruise through. I have to be honest, I don't think anyone can touch them. They are mm. that good. Mm. But all we can hope for is that the Aussies do not come fourth in their pool. They've got six, obviously. There's Pool A and Pool B. We've got Japan, obviously, France, Canada, Serbia, us and Mali. We've just got to miss out on that fourth spot. So if we can come first, second or third, first is difficult after losing to France, obviously, then we can cross over to the other pool, miss out in the, Auss- uh, miss out in the US, and then just play them in that gold medal and go those Opals and they come home for gold. <laughs> What's acceptable then, Brad, in terms of where we finish? Semi-finals? Oh, look, I think... I think semi is a minimum. Uh, really, for, for the Aussies being on home soil, you'd think it would be sort of podium or bust, really. That's what it comes yep. down to. But you, 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 semis is an absolute minimum, you'd think, in, this, in, the, in, in what they've got and what they expect as well. The NBL season starts Saturday week. Now, a dreadful blow for Melbourne United, I note. Ariel Hook-Porty out for the season with a torn Achilles. How does that impact their chances this season? Massively. 
Uh, look, Melbourne, I actually, I, I don't think I'll ever say this again about a, a Melbourne team. I actually feel sorry for them. The way they've lost all these players. Nah, take it back, play. Brad. Take that back. Sorry, let me just say, I'm really happy with what <laughs> um, but I just feel so sorry for this team. They've lost Deliver Dover and Jack White to the NBA in the offseason. They lost, lost Landale last year. They've lost Jarrell Corral. Uh, Joel Quayle, sorry, he, um, this year. They've just lost everyone, and now they've lost their big. He was great for yeah. them, and I, I don't see how they can keep coming back for this. It, it is just one of those things that they just keep getting injuries. Massive, massive loss for them. But on the good side, the Kings, they're looking okay. Um, they're not as good as last year, and, of course, they've lost mm. their three imports. But go those Kings, they'll be all right. Gee, I was just looking at the market here, the futures market for the winner. You've got the Bullets, Brisbane and Sydney, yep. both at $5, but it's so congested. The 36 is $6, the Wildcats $6.50, the Hawks 7 South East Melbourne 8 Melbourne United 9 So uh, many chances uh, according to that. But the Bullets, the Bullets joint favourites. Joint favourites because they picked up Aaron Baines and a great input. No mm. doubt that's what it's got. But to just pick up one or two players and, and be favourites, we've seen this before. I'm telling you, the best bite right there. The Adelaide 36ers. They've got Cleveland. They've got um, CJ Bruton as their coach. They are looking very good. Mitch McCarron, a former championship winner. DJ Johnson doing what he does. No, they'll be all right. That's a nice little bet right there for the punters. Did I read that Joe Ingalls is going to the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, so he signed a one-year deal, six or eight million, just a nice little cruisy cush for the pillow. Uh, yeah, so he's come back from his uh, knee injury and signed a one-year deal with him, which is a great pickup when you're playing with guys like the Greek Freak and Middleton, and he could just stand on that three-point line and knock down the threes. That's a really good pickup from him as long as his knee's fine. And look, no disrespect to Joey, and I think he'd say it, athleticism is not the one thing that got him an NBA career. So he's one guy that can play with that knee. It's not like it's going to affect him massively. Yeah, the NBA season starts four weeks today, actually. But I'll tell you, what What about this Boston Celtics story? Salacious, to say the least, their coach, Ime Udoka, could be suspended for the full season, Brad, after, well, it's come out he's had an improper intimate relationship and he is married with a staff member there at the Celtics. All consensual, but, gee, this is the last year. Well, they're talking about the uh, ESPN's reporting that he could be stood down for the season. I what? You, you, know, you know one of those memes where you just sit there and eat the popcorn? That's yeah. what it's what? just like with the NBA, isn't it? It's just one thing after the other. And the Celtics... They had an outstanding season last year. There was a lot of talk of trades and things going on there, and it didn't happen, and KD going there. And I was looking forward to them playing, you know, a really good season, but this will rock them. That coach is good. I don't know how you come back from that with a season, but if anyone can do it, it's the NBA. How do you get a season for that? Is that not someone's personal life? Nothing to do with... Uh, Yeah, it's only because it... Because she violates works for the club. Yeah, she for works the for the club, so apparently it, it, it violates uh, the organisation's guidelines, club policy, yes. Right. So, and that's all we know. There's a lot of stuff we probably don't know. Yeah. What the end well, there has to be might, more. Might be a bad thing, that either, Bradley. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so that is a scandal, to say the least. Mm. NBA oh. finalists, of course, from last year, losing to Golden State. Uh, but four weeks away, I'm wondering, Brad, have you heard any mail about Ben Simmons and Brooklyn, how it's looking in training camp? Are they gelling? Is Ben looking good? Have you heard anything? Well, Paddy Mills has been out here and um, doing a lot of promos lately, and he's been looking really good for the, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Look, I think they're going to have to settle in. I th- Look, the answer is he's back. He's ready to go. We're hearing that he's going to be on the court. I can't wait. Just let him play. That's all we want. I'm not expecting this kid to come out and have 30 and 20 in his first game. But, geez, I want to be there at Philly when he suits up for that game. Oh, that would be dynamite, wouldn't it? Hottest ticket in town. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Go those Opals. Go those Kings. And go everyone else, Brad. Thank you. Go the Opals. Oh, Loz, lots of text here. I just want to read... Yeah. Go for it. No, actually. no, no, no. Plenty of text messages, Mido. I don't think we'll get through all of them. But you start no, with a couple. Well, well this one... <laughs> is a bit of a different topic to yours. Cara from Forestville. Morning, boys. I messaged my boss at 5am 5 5 this morning saying, I'm crook and I won't be in today. Well, he replied, bullshit. 
I've seen you on Facebook dancing around the Stain Hotel beer garden with a Jack Daniels in each hand. Bloody, he goes, bloody young blokes in their camera phones. Someone put me on Facebook. Not a good start to the weekend. That's this morning. Oh, Incredible. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Hey, Loz, I've got some more dates for your early start calendar. You've got to put down Bathurst. Bathurst has been a favourite oh, of our listeners. Bathurst and Father's Day. And every time you start the lawnmower, have a big weekend. Greg from Century Point. What about the early trip on the boat, Laws? You out fishing? Yes. Well, fishing has got a, a number of mentions. Team, 4 a.m. kickoff. An early start is a must on a fishing trip. And the yeah. Baptist 1000. That's from Dossie. Yeah. Got to be. Uh, do, 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 where else are we here? Uh, anything different? Melbourne Cup Day, 6 p.m. 6 a.m. first beer. You only have to make it to 3 p.m. Then you can pass out. <laughs> Thanks, Walnut. Um... Geez, I'll tell you what, you know, there's, I, there's one here I can't read out. Thanks, Noodles from Canberra. I'd love to read it out, but I, I think we'd we'd put people offside. Yeah, look, it's the fine line, isn't it, Loss? It is a fine line. It um, is a fine line. In the meantime, let's get some winners from Ali Mosley from Sky Racing. Ali, good morning to you. Good morning. Hopefully we can find some winners this week. Yeah, and uh, what a great weekend of racing we've got when we talk Golden Rose tomorrow. The Moya tonight, which will have an impact on the Everest. The Underwood on Sunday of course, as well. But the Golden Rose, Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow. Stallion making race with four fillies, though, in it. And a filly is the favourite in In Secret, which has been 320 to 270 uh, this week. Although there was a small deduction for Best of Bordeaux being scratched and is heading to the Heritage. Uh, who do you fancy, Ali? Well, I mean, with, with a filly, but not the Godolphin filly. And only because it makes me a little bit nervous this rain that's around, because just don't think she'll handle the track. But again, I sound like a broken record. I feel like every time I come on, I'm on weather watch. But um, again, it's a similar story. I think, um, I know a lot of people are sort of getting on with her now, but she's extreme. I think it'll be really hard to beat um, if we do get, you know, she likes getting her toe in the ground, particularly the more the track uh, goes into a heavy rain, the better for her. I spoke to Tommy Berry on Tuesday morning at track work and I said, oh, have you galloped her? He said, yeah, I just galloped her this morning and... Um, he said she just relishes the ground. She just absolutely eats it up. And he said she felt great. Um, I think she's come to hand really quickly this prep and she'll be peaking tomorrow. So I think I actually, um, there's three that I've kind of stood out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little box trifecta on the three and it will be um, Golden Mile, She's Extreme and Fireburn. I think Fireburn was one that sort of slipped under the radar in her last run that sort of looked maybe plainer than it was, but her closing sectionals were great. So they're the three that I like, and I don't have in secret um, in my numbers, so she could make a fool out of me. But, um, but yeah, they're the, they're the three I'm going for. I just can't split them, really, so I'm going to go box trifecta with those three. Like Ali, any horses that you think are flying under the radar at the moment? Yeah, I think um, there's one, a couple from Bjorn Baker's stable, actually, um, and one of those is Wingardium, and that's probably because she was... Um, probably a little plain last start. They were they were um, not as impressed as they thought they would be with her. But so she goes round in heritage heritage stakes against Best of Bordeaux, who scratched out of the Golden Rose. He's two twenty five favourite, but oh, geez, I've, I've stuck with him for so long, and he just makes me too nervous. That at two twenty five quote, I think um, I, I just can't have him at that. So I thought I'd look for something. Uh, with a bit of value around him, and I found Wingardium there. So I think she's about 22 bucks, and um, she's had a trial since. So she was probably a little bit plain in the Furious. Um, trialed since then, and I had a chat to Rachel King on, on Tuesday, and she's really excited to jump back aboard. So outside of um, Best of Bordeaux, I just had a bit of value. I like Wingardium. And then another one from Bjorn is War Eternal. So... I'm sort of sticking with him this weekend. Um, he's got Dylan Gibbons aboard at 53. Um, he goes round in the Shannon Stakes, and he's on a seven-day backup coming off a um, second placing at Randwick. So two of Bjorn's I'm going for this week. What about on Sunday in the Underwood Stakes? I mean, there's oh, I think it's a field of six, but some mm. great horses running around. Zaki on Thunderstruck, uh, Alligator Blood. Mr. Brightside, who do you like in that race? I think it's, it's funny. I always feel like Sydney form holds up so much stronger than Melbourne form. So when Zaki goes down, he theoretically um, should be able to get the job done easily. Annabelle's given him that extra week after scratching him from last week. He obviously had a bit of a gut buster first up on that heavy track. So I'd expect Zaki to run well. But 
Mr. Brightside is absolutely flying down there for the Hayes boys. They've done such a fantastic job and I'm not sure, you know, that they have quite got the recognition that they deserve. So I think Mr. Brightside will, um, will really give him a run for his money, but he's going to be hard to beat Saki. Okay, I'm just going to recap your bets and uh, get your absolute best. So in the Golden Rose, you, Ali's suggesting a box trifecta, the numbers 15, 7 and 14. That is She's Extreme, Golden Mile and Fireburn. Box trifecta 15, 7 and 14. Uh, your value play is in the Heritage. Race 6, number 11, Wingardium, which is $23 the win and four eighty the place with Tab. You also like race nine, number thirteen, War Eternal, nine dollars the win, two seventy the place. What's your best bet then, Ali? I think my best bet I'll make then, because they're <laughs> quite long odds, will be race three, Alcyone from Godolphin. So over the nineteen hundred. Uh, race three and uh, number two. Alcyone, which is $5.50. Oh, I'm giving Hammer on one more chance after the Ooh. other day. I know. <laughs> Back to the well. But uh, Alcyone, I'd be, yeah, <laughs> I'd go with Ali Mosley more than me, Loz, that's for sure. Hmm. Uh, race three, number two, Alcyone, $5.50 is Ali's best bet. Go the Swans, Ali. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. It's a big weekend, isn't it? We, we roll through from Friday. And, and just on the morning, I think. This, the Everest picture still needs to be painted, and I think a lot will come from that tonight. So there'll be a lot of slot holders watching. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe you're going to be at the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch next week as well at Rose Hill. Looking forward to that. And also, uh, we better get your thoughts on Loz's multi. So he's got race five, number 16, fine point to run top three, and race 10, number three, a very fine red to run top four. Yeah, I like a very fine red, and I think um, Brad Gray might have put it on top last night as well. Um, I have a feeling that uh, he was pretty keen. Um, and who else do we have in race five? Did you uh, fine point. Fine point. Okay. Yeah. Look, I don't. What's what are we? Is it favourite? Yeah, it's a favourite. Yep, favourite. Yeah. Four four dollars sixty favourite in an open race. Um, resuming. Yes. Yeah. No, nope, I like. I like. Good okay. one. We'll okay. jump on. There you go, Loss. Good girl, Ali. You have a great Stick week. solid. You have a great weekend, Ali. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, guys.